Here we go. Public the podcast. I'm Dutch. Jules here. The Dylan. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, we got kind of a. I mean, we're on whiskey again. You know, there's a lot of whiskey to talk about, so it's it's only natural that it's always the one that's in the news, man. It is. It is. But we got kind of a mish a mishmash today. Before we get to that, um, what are you guys drinking, Jules? Well, doing the rounds. Got uh, nearing the end of my Elmer T. Lee. <laughs> Man, you've been killing that <laughs> bottle real slow. Yeah, I know, man. I've been taking my time. Look That's at that. the it's last still, one for real. This is seriously the last one. So wow, damn, <laughs> Dylan, what do you got? All right, I have something special for tonight. It is the single cask series of Highland Park. This was distilled in 2006. It's 12 years old, only limited to 292 bottles. And it's, but who cares about that? It's 66% alcohol. Ooh, wow. First filled European oak sherry hogshead. Wow. And let me tell you, it is a bomb. It is an explosion of flavor. I get a I sherry mean, bomb. I am just blown away. I'm really excited for you guys to try it as part of our drink through. I'm hoping to do, you know, the younger age. And then this is like the pinnacle. I mean, this is like, you want to taste what Highland Park is like. Here it is in your face. So I'm enjoying Can't that wait. tonight. Um, well, since we're talking about rum, I'm since we're talking about rum, since we're talking about whiskey, I'm going to drink some rum. Um, <laughs> I got the real McCoy five year, which is a, um, a blended uh, a small batch five year old rum made by uh, Foursquare. Hmm. And um, actually, our friend Dr. Oju was raving about this rum. And I looked it up and I was like, well, that's made by Foursquare. I love Foursquare. I, I got to try this. So it's, uh, you know, it's cool because You're raving about the rum or the music group. I know that's what I was gonna say. What's your you can't favorite? Singing another night, I remember. <laughs> no, 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 it's <laughs> run away, run away, night. run away. I had not made that association until you just said that. Wow, that like <laughs> took me back to high school. Oh yeah. Um, no, this is um, this is the real McCoy <laughs> rum, and uh, they do Fair say enough. prominently on the front that there's no sugar added, no flavors, no colorings, which is kind of a hallmark of what Foursquare is all about. And it's not very pricey. Wow. I got this for about Keto 20, friendly. 28 bucks. And it's it's pretty tasty. You know, it's not quite as intense as, as some of the Foursquare ones, but man, it's just can taste the essence of very pure rum and it's nice. Nice. Okay, so back good. to whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple celebrity whiskeys we wanted to talk about. But first, I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about this new whiskey themed hotel opening up it's in la set to open in 2022 provided that the zombie apocalypse doesn't happen at the end of this year it's going to be in hollywood wilcox avenue 134 room seven story and it's supposed to have a um, a whiskey fountain in the lobby i don't know what that means there's apparently going to be very, you know, very nice um, mini bars in all the rooms stocked with, you know, really good whiskey. They're going to say that it's going to be an immersive experience. You know, I'm assuming it's going to be like that Star Wars, Star Wars hotel at Disneyland. All I know is this fountain better be freaking gaudy. 
dude, because it better not be that podunk, you know, buffet style, the chocolate fountain crap. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, what if it's like a chocolate fountain? No, man, it better not be. This thing better be a gaudy monstrosity. I want to be able to, like, you know, swim in it. (laughs) Oh, you know, speaking of. Speaking of chocolate fountains, though, I, I just this is a, I, I digress, but I was at a restaurant and there was a chocolate fountain, and this one lady put her entire hand in it because she didn't understand how it worked. So she had the fruit, and then she put the her entire hand in it and pulled it out, and her hand was completely covered in chocolate. Oh, it was like all these people were in line. Oh, she started licking her it. hand. Everybody in line just basically went back to their table after that. <laughs> I have so many questions, but they're so anyway, inappropriate. But. Was this at Golden Corral? <laughs> this is I love Golden Corral. I love Golden Corral. Uh, but anyway, apparently it's going to be like, um, there's going to be like whiskey smells in the in the hotel. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that like in Vegas, every every one of the big casinos has like a distinctive perfume that's circulated through the air. <laughs> is it like Disneyland? Where they like butter popcorn? smell. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We wow. go from like one of you guys is talking about Disneyland, the other guy's talking about strip clubs. Because I'm a Puritan. I'm a Puritan. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know how a, a whiskey aroma would work in a hotel, but I'm intrigued. It's going to have a rooftop bar, restaurant, tastings on site. It's they they keep saying the word immersive. Like it's going to be immersive. Yeah, what does that mean? I don't know. Is the swimming pool going to be filled with whiskey and you can immerse yourself in wow. it? Wow. I don't know. Okay. Hey, <laughs> if that's true, sign me up. I am Willy Wonka, fascinated. Dude. I'd be fascinated. Problem. I mean, it burn, right? I hope you don't have any cuts. It's like full immersion. Hope there's like Oompa Loompas and shit. I mean, oh actually, that'd be God. kind of, dude, that would be a great kitschy thing. Like, you know, people go to the, um, like the healing hot springs and they lie in like the natural mineral waters. Right. Like, yeah. you just dump a bunch of Evan Williams in a bathtub and let people dunk in it for a hundred bucks. <laughs> no, can you imagine like a whirlpool, yeah. right? And one of them's going to be Maker's Mark. Another one is like, uh, you know, Johnny Walker. Nice. Another one is maybe a tequila or something. It's whiskey. And, oh, it's only whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, American whiskey. Yamazaki. <laughs> okay, Japanese. Okay, fine. I don't think they're going to have anything like that, but uh, it's just an interesting concept. But I, think this- I just hope that this thing survives COVID. Well, it's not going to open until 2022. I, I know, which means, I hope it's not, it's a, you know, I don't know if memory. it's fully funded. No, apparently it has been funded. They raised the money. Um, there was yeah. another article. I'm looking at the wrong article now, but I think they raised like 20 or $30 million for it. So the money's already been banked, I guess. Got it. Um, it's already under construction. So, hey, if it opens in 2022, maybe uh, maybe Curiosity Public will have to go do an, an on-site inspection. What do you guys think? I think so. Grand opening. I think opening. we have to do it. I think yeah, we're, so, uh, or, I mean, we got to be invited they, to the soft They open. better put us on their guest list because otherwise we're going to be very cross. Yeah, that's true. All right. <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> I know. So one, of the, one of the whiskeys that might be featured there, because it's Hollywood, would be Iron Chef Morimoto's single malt whiskey that is coming out. Have you guys heard about this thing? Yeah, yeah. I did. And I couldn't from figure you out. You know, <laughs> from, from the maybe, link I sent you like an exactly. hour ago? <laughs> Five minutes ago. <laughs> so here's my deal. Is it going to taste like Japanese whiskey because he's Japanese? Or is it going to be more scotch? Is it going to be its own thing? For me, I don't care that it's attached to that guy specifically, but it's a new whiskey, so I just want to know you, what the whiskey is He's about. the Iron Chef. Pay your respect yeah. to Morimoto. Dude, I want to talk about Morimoto, but... He's the I, original Iron Chef. It's going to be made by Rogue. I don't know if you guys have seen Rogue Spirits. They got Rogue. They, they do a bunch of beers. Beer, but they, right? Yeah, right. but they do some whiskeys. I've seen them on the shelf. I've never tried them. I've seen them. In my experience... 
the breweries that have gone into whiskey have not put out particularly good products right like uh, cutwater we'll Ouch. review it i'm sure eventually but, yeah. but the ones i've tried at least i haven't found particularly interesting yeah rogue ales and spirits is the one that he's collaborating with i assume it has some sort of tie into the beer casks i don't know i guess it's rested in their aging room where it's supposed to absorb the pacific ocean air over two years before being transferred to oregon oak for finishing and it used to have the rogue imperial stout in those barrels so i don't know i mean a, a whiskey aged in beer used beer barrels could be kind of interesting i don't I don't, I don't even know what that would taste like i'm sure there's other ones out there but I, that's kind of interesting well so is his name uh, associated with this enough to get you to buy it i'm curious yeah i mean i've eaten it morimoto once where which one not the real vegas like the vegas one yeah and i haven't been to the vegas one i've been to the one um the original in uh philadelphia and i've been to the one in new york and they were both amazing experiences yeah but, the one uh, in, I mean, it, and I did get to try his beer. Okay, um, how was that? The one in New York, because it was part of like a I forgot Easting what menu. Yeah, Easting pairing, but it was with beer. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, I mean, and then I, sake. But you know. his one in Vegas was not bad. It just yeah. didn't. It, it was. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the MGM. They used to have that place called uh, Shibuya. Oh yeah, yeah. Place. That, Wait, that was Morimoto. No, it got converted. It got. They sold it, I guess, or oh, that one closed it. down and then it became Morimoto. Oh, got it, got it. Sushi spot. And it was, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the meal, but like, I don't know that it was like mind blowing. So yeah. I want to give him a, another try. But uh, yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And then carrying on with that, celebrity chefs, I think, Dylan, you found something about Gordon Ramsay, right? Yeah. So he's actually a quick, quick question before we get into this. Have you guys eaten at a Gordon Ramsay restaurant? What do you think, Gordon Ramsay versus Morimoto? I mean, Ramsay never appeared on Iron Chef, but how do you think he would have done against? Morimoto. Ooh, I think he would have lost. Really? Yeah. I don't think he's built for that type of competition, hence why he hasn't been in any competitions. Interesting. You know, he only does restaurant makeovers and menu makeovers and stuff, right? So Okay, that's fair. I've been to more Ramsey restaurants than I have to Morimoto. Maybe that's just because he has more restaurants. Yeah, he definitely, and uh, of various levels. Right. Dylan, any like predictions on that uh, hypothetical matchup? I don't know. That's a tough one. That um, is tough. I, I, I really don't care. So I just... <laughs> I can't even think about it. Like, who cares? They're very okay. different people. They you know, are. And so true, I, I don't understand but... like how you could even, what would be a, an appropriate compromise dish that both would have a good chance of excelling in, right? Because they're going to, they can't pick sushi or Japanese food. Well, that's then, why you throw them into uh, the iron, whatever the iron chef tournament. Chef, yeah. Give them something. Kitchen, kitchen arena. Yeah, but then Morimoto is going to make some Japanese variant. Something amazing. And then Gordon's going to do like some French technique, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the judges, depending on who it is, they're going to pick one or the other. And then, to me, that's, that's, that's not a very good way to compare. They should make them both make like Italian cuisine. <laughs> Spaghetti and meatballs. Something not of their What's own. What's the most difficult thing to make? Like, what's like supposed to be really hard they should make something like a, a traditional dish that the eskimos make completely different right like whale blubber Ish. bring some whale blubber and go like make it and then feed the celebrities <laughs> celebrities who've never left southern california or something and they've never had any other food other than pizza and hot dogs oh my gosh all right let's dig dylan out of this hole and what was uh, gordon ramsay actually uh <laughs> promoting or endorsing? well he's he's making crap whiskey like literally sheep poop whiskey yeah sheep literal whiskey yeah sheep waste they use uh. sheep waste to do it and it's kind of like i mean i think that's a big thing right now yeah i'm still waiting for my elephant dung um whiskey 
to come. It was Jin. That was Jin. Is it Jin? Yeah, the oh, elephant yeah, done. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Elephant done Jin, right. So a lot of people are using uh, <laughs> feces to make alcohol. So, I mean. Well, they're using the poop as fuel, right? To like dry the grain. What? <laughs> Isn't that how they're using the feces? <laughs> no, not not the gin. The gin, you're gonna you're basically getting that flavor, oh. right? I don't know, dude. I, I... And, uh, <laughs> uh, and it's called. I like where this is. So this going. one is called the Gordon Ramsay is called Holy Shit Whiskey. No way. And they That's used dried dung of sheep that ate distillery grain and it was burned instead of peat. So that's what they're burning instead of the peat. Oh, wow. So that's and what the, they're using to dry the grain off. Okay. So, the, yeah. So the mash was effectively smoked in sheep. Sh- <laughs> and they said that the finished product was amazing. So, you know, <sighs> so I'm interested. Everything's amazing. I'm interested, although I do have a very sensitive gag reflex. So I may be vomiting all over the uh, the set. But, uh, but you know, I mean, hey, let's see what happens. Maybe it'll be good. I mean, hey, uh, you know, there's always Dutch to clean things up. That's true. <laughs> I'm the hired help. I mean, I'm intrigued. I would assume that somebody like Gordon Ramsay has a good enough palate that when he tasted the, the finished product, it didn't taste like feces. So I'm intrigued. I'm curious. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that- I, you know, I saw an old episode of like Anthony Bourdain. This was before No Reservations where he visited Gordon Ramsay's restaurant. He went through the course menu that he created and it looked pretty amazing. Mm. This was when Gordon Ramsay was before hype. He was known but just in England and was up and coming chef and he was serving all this. So, I mean, they say that he is the best or one of the best in England. I'm not sure if his palate is as good as let's say Alan Ducasse or something, you know, you know, people say that he's, he's one of the best, oh, you know, I mean, I, I've been dead now, but I've been to a couple of his restaurants and it's, it's tasty, but so I, I'm interested in trying these, but, uh, but I don't know, man, at the end of the day, isn't it just all marketing anyway? I think so. I think so. And I think so, so, I mean, we've talked about going, Morimoto restaurants. We've talked about going to Gordon Ramsay restaurants. Have you guys ever been to BW3s or is it's more popularly known Buffalo Wild Wings? Oh, you know, I used to go almost every day. I haven't been in a long time. I used to time. go almost every day and the manager there at the local Buffalo Wild Wings used to comp me on lots of stuff because I was there basically every other day. And I loved, you know, I, I love the, um, the red ale and I used to drink the red ale and the chicken wings. Yeah, I love it. And and they just recently announced that they're going to collaborate with guess who? Buffalo Trace, of course. Buff- a Buffalo Trace, yeah. Buffalo so Wild Wings, Buffalo Trace, Buffalo. A match made in heaven. Yeah, they're basically doing a barrel pick, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a barrel select Buffalo Trace, and it's going to be available at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. But it's a it's going to be a Buffalo Trace bourbon, like one of the regular Buffalo Trace single barrel select. But it says it's going to be an eight year. So what I'm curious about is, did they pick a bunch of barrels? Because I mean. Buffalo Wild Wings is huge. How are you going to... Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, how many restaurants do they have nationwide? Yeah, it would be great to get a little more info on this one because if this is the kind of thing where they did a real, like a big deal with Buffalo Trace and Buffalo, like Harlan Wheatley went out and picked 28-year-old barrels of really good Buffalo Trace stock and blended them their own signature small batch. Dude, that's something to get excited about right there. Absolutely. So I think we need to take a field trip. When this thing hits the West Coast, we need to go and film us eating chicken wings and <laughs> and this buffalo bourbon. trace. Yeah, no, I'm really interested. You know, it's, it's basically a barrel pick, right? 
I mean, it's that's what the that's what it seems like. I mean, I I mean, I think our idea is a lot better, but <laughs> it's true. Unfortunately, they didn't consult with us. Yeah, too and bad. It looks like they would be able to supply it because so as of June 2017, according to Wikipedia, they had 1,238 locations in the United States. Yeah, so, so they can't even give one barrel to every. Yeah, they wouldn't even be able to give one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you guys know? Do you guys know anyone who works there? Because maybe we can uh, get a model. Yeah, I don't. But uh, yeah. doesn't your twin brother work there, Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> twin brother. Yeah. Have- oh man! So apparently, this was a one-time thing, according to the article. It was only going to be at participating Buffalo Wild Wings until the bottles ran oh, out. Participating, um, and then some of them would let you take it to go, depending on the state. So maybe we. That's the things. thing. They announced this, and yeah. the COVID thing helped, right. right? So I'm assuming they they still have it in stock. Maybe. I mean, unless they were selling all their booze to go, in which case it's definitely sold out because everybody's drinking like crazy right now. But I think what, what idea, flavor I think Wild to... Wing would you want to pair this with? I don't care. I just want to drink the bourbon. <laughs> yeah, the wings are kind of incidental, but but I like our idea. I mean, why is it that, why can't a larger chain like this pair up with a big producer and do their own, not a single barrel select, but their own small batch version? Like, I think that's such a cool idea. Like blend us a blend of 20 barrels of your handpicked stock and we have our Buffalo Wild Wings blend. Okay. So they do do that. Okay. There is a restaurant near my place. I think we've gone there. They have their own Woodford. Like they went and they asked them to make their own. Like their version. Well, I think Dutch is talking about on a national scale. I'm saying like not a single barrel select. It's not a single barrel. How do you know? It says on there. It's Woodford. Yeah, but Woodford does barrel picks. Yeah. Like that. It's probably mm. just a Woodford barrel pick. They wouldn't buy more than 200 barrel, 200 bottles for a single restaurant. True. I mean, like if you're talking about a thousand locations like Buffalo Wild Wings, they need like 10 barrels. Yeah, at least. Or more, like maybe 20 barrels. At least, yeah, exactly. Hmm. I don't know. I think I think our ideas would be would be intriguing. And I think that Buffalo Trace needs to listen to us and do that <laughs> for, you know, the restaurant of our choice. <laughs> what is the Olive restaurant Garden. of our choice? <laughs> Wendy's. Applebee's. <laughs> Applebee's. <laughs> um, it, Endless. Interesting. Endless riblets. Here's an interesting thing. Like, I think we were all a little bit afraid maybe six months to a year ago that, that booze was going to take a hit. Like the younger generation was going to go sober. But I think the great thing about COVID is that it's reminded everybody that drinking alcohol makes you into a superhuman. And you should, you know, you should partake <laughs> as frequently as you can do so health, healthfully. Uh, healthfully. Healthfully? Um, where's our, where's our lawyer? Where's our lawyer here? <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, I think, you know, coffee was a big boom. And what we saw from coffee was McDonald's get into the coffee game. Do you think there's a chance in the near future of any of the big fast food chains getting into booze? That's fascinating. Fascinating. I'm trying to think, you know, a lot of the experimental stuff are done abroad. A lot of the weird stuff, the new stuff, for example, in McDonald's, right? McDonald's has all these kind of experimental hamburgers. Overseas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's an interesting thing. Like, at least here on the West Coast, especially in Southern California, there's a lot of Mexican restaurants. There's even some like larger Mexican restaurant chains that serve booze. Why is it a stretch to say like some of the burger joints don't start doing that? It's it's just interesting. It's always struck me as odd that like I can go to a Mexican restaurant and 50% of them will sell beer and even some of them will sell 
hard liquor. You'll get mar- you'll be able to get margaritas at some of them. But yet with burger joints and like American fast food, you almost, you, I've never seen it. I don't know, it's just, it's... I, I'm sure it's tied with like, you know, the liquor license with your food service license. And, and yeah, there's probably like it, a big difference. Don't you think they'd make mo- right. enough money on it that like McDonald's could say, all right, let's test it in Southern California. We can get a liquor license. Maybe no, not. it's intriguing only because I, f- I feel like there was something, a headline like pre-COVID days where like some big chain announced that they were going to start serving alcohol and i can't remember what um but i I don't think it was a fast food joint i remember like reading the headlines like oh maybe this is like the beginning like of a trend you know i mean like even like in and out like why doesn't in and out even sell beer like burgers and beer well in and out would never do it only because they haven't even changed the menu for the past like bad examples but (laughs) i meant something of that scale that's like regional like not nationwide necessarily but there's a lot of locations okay so i i looked up uh, mcdonald's right and they do serve alcohol in france germany and portugal and they serve alcohol since 2004 they have one in south korea they have this thing called a premium quote-unquote premium mcdonald's restaurant in south korea soju or something and then it says and then it it links to an article that says like top drinkers around the world south koreans (laughs) 13.7 russian and then americans are 3.3 so what does that even mean What's, I don't even know what this scale? is. It's called, a source is called Euromonitor. I don't know what that means, but. Uh, All right. Well, I think we ended up in a weird <laughs> on this episode. I don't even remember where we started. Searching we started with yeah. a whiskey hotel that sounded so promising. And we ended up talking about McDonald's serving booze in South Korea. So on that note, Jules. <laughs> well, that wraps up another Curiosity Public Podcast. Thank you so much for uh, spending part of your day listening to us. We appreciate it. And if you're up for it, check us out on YouTube. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay curious.